I'd like to welcome everybody out. In case you're visiting with us, my name is Gary Chapel. Uh, Tim, the normal guys up here, is out of town this weekend. Uh, most of you know that uh, Tim's mother-in-law, Denise's mother, passed away back in January, and they are over visiting her father and uh, taking care of things surrounding her, you know, her mother's passing. And so they're out of town. Alan is sick this morning. He's the normal song leader. He's the, the third elder of us three. And uh, he is sick, so uh, that's why Matthew was doing such a fine job, and we were getting to enjoy him today. But I would like to welcome everybody out, let you know we're happy to have you here today, and we're excited. If uh, I was scheduled to speak on this subject of gentleness two weeks ago, and that was the day that we got the wonderful March snowstorm. Isn't it great to live in the Midwest? Yes, 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 yes. So we just uh, wisely, we cut things short that Sunday, sent everybody home to enjoy a nice home, nice afternoon of being snowed in, and uh, we just scheduled me to speak again today. So that's what we're here for. Um, our theme for the year here at Greater Alton is sink down roots and raise up fruit. We get that out of Second uh, Kings chapter 19, verse 30. If you're interested in where, where that comes from. But guys, we believe we are a church that believes that God wants us to produce fruit. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 15 when he talked about his followers. He said that his followers will be seen because they bear much fruit. Fruit that will last. And we believe that if, if we're going to be real followers of Jesus, we need to bear fruit. Now, we also recognize that that's not just a matter of going out and trying to do things or, or make rules to get people to fall in line to do things, things a certain way. All right? We believe that, root, that fruit is a natural byproduct of being what you're supposed to be for God. If you're following Jesus, you will bear fruit. It's that simple. He talks about that in John 15. He says if you're connected to Him, He talks about that it's a relationship. It's not merely religion. God doesn't desire you to just come to a building on Sunday morning and do religious things and obey certain commands. He wants to have a relationship with you. And that's what we believe. And we believe that the fruit comes when you focus on where your roots are at. And that's, that's what this verse says. It's talking about the people of Israel a long time ago and, it, and they were not bearing fruit. He says one, the time's going to come when they're going to sink down roots and raise up fruit. And we understand that if we're going to bear fruit, we have to be rooted in the right place. And that's what we've been talking about. And we've been looking at the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And today we're talking about gentleness. You'll see that verse there of where it's taken from it in Galatians chapter 5 in your notes. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Guys, we believe that these fruits are what things that need to come out of our lives. And so we've been talking about how do we produce these fruits. We're talking about where do our roots need to be if we are going to produce these fruits. And so this morning, that's what we're speaking of. How do I bear the fruit of gentleness in my life? And the first thing I want to look at is if I'm going to bear the fruit of gentleness in my life... I must, choose to follow, I must choose to value what God values. I choose to value what God values. 
you see, guys, we are, we, we use the word disciple around here quite a bit instead of the word Christian because that's what Jesus used. Jesus never used the word Christian. He used the word disciple to dis- define his followers. And we want to be followers of Jesus. That is what we want to be defining us. We want to be real disciples. We don't want that just to be a term that we use just because Jesus did it and then we're religious. We want to be real followers of Jesus. And Jesus called His followers to be like Him. And guys, that is our desire. Is to be like Jesus. You see, guys, gentleness is really an issue. How many of you ever heard this? It's, how many of you have this ever been said to you? It's not what you said, it's how you said it. Okay? I have a long string of people in my past who can record, who have recorders in their mind of stupid things I've said. Okay, I won't mention any names. You know who you are. But guys, you look at this. Look at what Jesus says here. Okay? John chapter 12, verse 49 through 50 says, Jesus is saying, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know this command leads to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Guys, when Jesus was here on earth, He was God. But He was still wrapped in humanity, which means He had the ability, like us, to say stupid things. But He said, God has told me what to say and how to say it. Guys, we need to learn that ourselves. We need to learn that God doesn't just want us to say things. He wants to say it the right way. And guys, I believe that's to be clothed in gentleness. Now, i just got to be honest. We're going to get into this a little bit. but um, I don't believe gentleness is something we naturally desire in our life. Is it? Or that we naturally choose uh, to pursue. Especially if you're a guy. I doubt if there's anybody here, any man in this room who said, you know... When I die, I hope people just remember how gentle I was. I mean, I, I was challenged by this by, by a speaker several years ago, and I thought, he's right. I don't desire to be gentle. That's not what I want to define me. I'm a man. Okay? And so I, we just got to be honest. We don't naturally value what God wants us to value, do we? I mean, I think that illustration is pretty clear with men and gentlemen. See, a few years ago, there was a movie... Uh, called The Bucket List. You ever see that? Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson. And Jack, or they were two guys, two old guys. They had life-threatening diseases, cancer, I believe. And, and Jack's character was wealthy. Morgan's was not. And Morgan had a bucket list of things he wanted to do before he died. And they, the movie was about them going off and, and fulfilling their bucket list, checking it off their list. You see, guys, the truth is, Each of us has a spiritual bucket list. You probably don't have it written down, though it would be good if you did. Okay? Because it would help you see where you're at. Each of us has a spiritual bucket list. When we we look at our relationship with God, there are things we want and things we, we don't put on our list. Do we want some joy? Yeah. Do we want happiness? Sure. Do we want forgiveness? Yes. Do we want to forgive? Let me think about that one. And gentleness is one of those things. 
And guys, I'm just being completely honest here. I mean, this isn't just us. This is as humans. We tend to focus on things on the bare minimum. On doing what we're comfortable with. On doing what we like. You know, I've made the joke many times. My gift is not to work with children. You know, back in the back, God loved them people. Okay? I would, I would much rather do this right here. Now, there's some of you that would much rather do that back there. Spiritually, it's the same issue. We have things we like to do, things we don't like to do. You see, guys, can you be, can you be honest? If you, if, you, if you can say right now, yeah, spirit, I, would, I would venture to say that the majority of us in this room don't have gentleness on our spiritual bucket list. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say? Yes, it is this way. Okay? We need to realize, guys, that when we, if we don't, if we have not put gentleness on our spiritual bucket list, we're disagreeing with God. We're saying, God, I don't value what you value. Or I'm just going to fall backwards into it someday. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. See, guys, but if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to value what He values. And guys, this goes a lo- this goes a lot farther than just gentleness. Let's, let me let me sidetrack that real quick here, okay? And just get off gentleness, and we'll get back to it. This involves more than just gentleness, because the reality is, if you read your Bible, there's probably a whole lot more things not on your list than just gentleness. Is that fair to say? And that's why we talked about it the first part of this year that we have to be rooted in the lordship of Jesus. Because that's what Lord means. When you say it's important, Lord, I'm going to make it important to me. And every one of us right now, there's something that we look at. You know, we talked about forgiveness very briefly a minute ago. We look at that and we go, I'm not going to do that. What they did was wrong. What they did hurt. And I'm not going to forgive them. That's a Lordship issue. And guys, right now, I just want to call you to look at yourself on this. Because this is more than just gentleness. When you, I think gentleness is a great illustration of do I value what God values? But it goes, you valuing what God values goes much farther, much wider than just on gentleness. And if you look close, you're going to find these issues. You see, a couple of weeks ago when I was preparing for this, I read a news article uh, online about a teenager that was shot dead sneaking into the wrong house. They believe he was drunk. The house he was sneaking into was over a mile from his house. Uh, the man who owned the house heard somebody in the house and he was at the top of the stairs. The team was at the bottom of the stairs. And he told him, hey, get out of here. I got a gun. And the team continued to come up the stairs. Then he fired a warning shot. And the team continued up the stairs, walked past him down the hall, and he shot him dead. They believe alcohol may have been involved. But guys, that teenager thought he was in his home. That's what they believe was happening, is that he came home drunk, went to the wrong house, thought it was his house, and was sadly mistaken. Sadly mistaken. Now, it's understandable when you realize he was a teenager, and the guy 
That means he thought he was in his house. That means he thought it was his father uh, telling him to stop. And his father weren't firing the warning shot. So in true teenager fashion, he ignored his father. It's a little more understandable there. But guys, here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. In our walk with Jesus, in our pursuit of following Jesus, in our pursuit of being a disciple of Jesus, we can be just like that teenager. We can think that we're following Jesus and ignore all the warning signs around us. And guys, you want to be like Jesus, you need to value what Jesus values. You've got to choose to do that. Guys, look at these verses. They're going to be on the screen. They're not in your notes just because there wasn't room for them. But this is just to drive home the point of how God feels about gentleness. Ephesians 4.2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Colossians 3.12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. James 3.17 says, But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds, shows no favoritism, and is always sincere. 1 Peter 3.12 But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Titus 3, 1 and 2 Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be, re- to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always be gentle towards everyone. Proverbs 15.4 says that gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Is it pretty obvious that God values gentleness? The question is, guys, do we, do we value gentleness? Do you value gentleness? I want to look at three things real quick about why God values gentleness and why we should. Number one, or the first one there, is that gentleness promotes peace. Gentleness promotes peace. Is there anybody here that desires more conflict and drama in their life? I spoke earlier with the teachers and somebody goes, yeah, there are people who do. I go, yeah, but I don't know if they admit it. I what I need a little more conflict. Let's go pick a fight. Guys, we do not desire conflict or drama in our lives. Look at Proverbs 15.1. It says, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. You see, guys, gentleness is contrasted with harshness right here. And gentleness is described or defined as being moderate in action, effect, or degree, not harsh or severe. Harshness, on the other hand, is unpleasantly rough or jarring to the senses, having an undesirably strong effect. And guys, we are challenged with this every time we turn around. 
Okay? We, most of the time, when we, we have people in our lives, whether we're uh, above them, you know, such as parents over children or bosses over employees or teachers over children, whatever the case is, we desire, we, our tendency, I believe, is we follow the Nike principle. Would you just do it? Would you just do it? You see, I have, I have three teenagers. And my daughter is a sweet, lovely little child. She is. I mean that. But she's cha- that sweetness is challenged when you wake her up in the morning. Okay? And I've learned that if I want less drama in my life, I want a peaceable home in the morning, I need to be gentle when I wake her up. Okay? How do I do that? I understand that she needs... I need to check on her at least twice. Sometimes three times and not get upset. I've got to speak... So, and I'm not being I'm, I'm being serious. You know, it, it's, it's not a big deal to wake her up in the morning anymore. I mean, she has grown tremendously. And I have grown tremendously. I had to learn to choose gentleness. Gentleness promotes peace in the morning. You want me to talk about you? <laughs> she texted me before I got here, before I was in the back, said, Are you going to talk about me? Yes, I will. <laughs> Guys, gentleness promotes peace. If you want peace, you need to pursue gentleness. You need to value it the way God does. Guys, the second thing there is that gentleness leads the way to rest. Ooh, I like this. Matthew eleven twenty nine. this is what Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I wish he'd said for your bodies. Okay? I'm, I turned 50 this year. It's, it's not the same as 40. All right? Guys, this verse shows us how Jesus expects us or desires for us to experience life. He doesn't want you stressed out. He does not intend for life to be a big worry, 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 and stressful situation. And His way of helping us experience that is through gentleness and humility. Guys, it's the same way for you. If you want to have a more restful life, a less worrisome life, gentleness has to be a part of it. I've said it for you. Well, I'll wait till I get through the part. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Third thing there, guys, is that gentleness promotes truth. Gentleness promotes truth. In these next two passages, you see two things. The first one is how God is, and the second one is how we are supposed to be. Psalms 143.10, this is what David, I don't know if it's David or not, it's the psalmist. He says, you are, you are my God. Show me what you want me to do. And let your gentle spirit lead me in the right path. You see, guys, this, whoever wrote this, he understands, the psalmist understands that God's gentleness is what leads him to do the right thing. 
That's how God works with us. And we're going to talk more about that in another minute. The second thing here, guys, is in 2 Timothy 2.25. And this is what it says. It says, Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change these people's hearts and they will learn the truth. You see, guys, a few years ago, I've said this before, a few years ago here at Greater Alton, there was a common saying. There were two common sayings. When somebody disagreed with you, or somebody was involved in sin, or somebody was doing something that we disagreed with, and there was two sayings. One was, I'm going to take his head off. Now my question is, what fruit of the Spirit is that? You see, guys, that's what, it was very common at Greater Alton at that time to approach someone who needed to be instructed, who, who opposed the truth, or he knew who needed to have more truth in their life, that they needed their head taken off. Now, I will recognize the fact that some people are so stubborn, you need to be pretty plain with them. But here what you see is that God's method for dealing with us as gentlemen. And that's what He says, if you want to open the door for somebody to, to, who opposes the truth to find the truth, gentleness is the key. Because what, you know what happens if you're not? If you're, if you're harsh instead of gentle, you know what happens? You close the door. You close the door to that. Gentleness has to be the... Gentleness promotes truth. Truth. Promotes truth. The second thing, guys, that we want to do, if you're going to bear the fruit of gentleness in your life, is that I recognize and acknowledge God's gentleness with me. Have you ever read the Old Testament of the Bible? I remember a few years ago, uh, Floyd Thornton. I don't know if Floyd's here. They haven't seen him yet. He's not. Okay. When Floyd first became a Christian, when he first became a follower of Jesus, he wanted to read the Bible through. We weren't. The church wasn't reading the daily Bible at that time. Floyd just decided, I want to know the whole story. And so he was reading through it, and he was in my small group at the time, and he says, this ain't no Mr. Rogers, is it? And I mean, when you read through the Old Testament, you see what God is capable of. I mean, amazing things. The way He led His people out of Israel, out of Egypt, and then the Egyptians pursued Him. He killed them all. You know, you know the old parting of the Red Sea, and then just wiped them all out. Dead bodies everywhere. I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, destroyed the whole city with fire from heaven. Later on, His own people, the Jewish people... He allowed ungodly people to wipe them out. I mean, just obliterate them and, and lead them off into captivity for 70 years. Go read the book of Jeremiah. You want to know what God's capable of? Go read the book of Jeremiah and you'll go, what is this? And you're going to be amazed because like, I don't know if anybody here in this room has experienced God that way. God is capable of, 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 of crushing you. Do you realize this? I don't care how much money you have. He's capable of taking it all away. Like that. I don't care how good you feel or how, how little conflict you have in your life. He can bring conflict. If He chooses to. He can cause more problems for you than you can ever imagine. 
And that's the message. You know, those stories are written for us to realize that. So then why haven't I been wiped out yet? Because God's gentle with me. I, again, I was back with the teachers, and I appreciate um, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, Bob, quick. I asked the question, have you ever wondered why God hasn't wiped you out? And Bob's in the back going, yeah, I do. And Bob's just being honest. Bob understands his sin very clearly. Bob understands that as a follower of Jesus, he has been involved in sin. And he wonders why. Why hasn't God just taken me out? Guys, God's gentle with us. I've had that same feeling. I'll be honest with you. I shouldn't, in, in my opinion, in, my, in the way I think, and the way I think, think she, things should be, I should not be standing up here in front of you right now. Because for the first 20 years of my being serious about following Jesus, I did not do a good job of it. I don't know how else to put, you, put that. Even though it was spent all here at Greater Alton, and the majority of it was spent as a leader here at Greater Alton, I've shared with you my struggle with depression. Uh, I've shared with you, you know, I've, I've made the joke that, you know, my wife and I, uh, in September of this year, we will have been married 24 years. Happily married, not quite, not nearly 24 years. Okay? Why? I didn't follow Jesus very well during those years. That's all there was to it, guys. Why am I, why do I, why does God choose to use me in this capacity and stand in front of you? Because He's gentle. He's patient. And guys, this is God's method. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Now guys, I understand He doesn't use the word gentleness there directly, but if that's not describing gentleness when it talks about His kindness, patience, tolerance, I don't know what it is. And you guys, see, here's the thing. Repentance is a, is a foundational principle for the Christian, for, for, for a disciple of Jesus. All repentance is, is means I'm going to change the way I think that's going to lead me to a change of action. I mean, that's what it means. You want to know why I was unhappily married? Because I thought wrong and I acted wrong. When I changed the way I think and I changed the way I acted, marriage got better. Guys, repentance is what God... He, it's supposed to be a, a, a natural, everyday part of our lives as followers of Jesus. And what is God's method to lead people to repentance? Patience, kindness, tolerance. He's gentle with you. This is God's method. You see, it's amazing... Uh, we said this before. You know, if you find somebody who has a problem forgiving other people, they probably have a problem feeling forgiven. If you have a person who's critical of other people, they probably are critical of themselves or feel criticized. Okay? If they find people annoying, they're probably annoying themselves. 
Guys, when I was when I was fun, when God was changing my thinking, and I was critical. Okay, I was critical. My wife even told me one time, "You're so critical." I said, "Well, I'm." Crit-. I justified it by going, well, "I'm just as critical of myself." I didn't. I didn't that wouldn't work. It didn't help. But guys, it was the most amazing thing. As God started changing my thinking, here's what happened. I would sit there and I would. Start, I was. I was learning of God's love. It was becoming a reality in my heart instead of just a fact in my head. And I felt love, and I was understanding this of what we're talking about right now. God hasn't wiped me off the planet yet. God hasn't written me off. So guess what? I'm okay. All of a sudden, I can remember sitting in the old building on a Wednesday night. I don't know who it was. Thank God I don't know who it was. And I looked at somebody from behind, and I, I, I had this thought. That I had this natural temptation. I, I don't know if it was to be annoyed or to be critical or just to be unaccepting of that person. And I kind of smiled when I had the thought because I thought... If God accepts me, I ain't so bad either. I know how bad I am, and God's accepted me, and God's been gentle with me, and God's been patient with me. I'm going to give them what God's given me. And you see, guys, that's what gentleness is. If you want to bear the fruit of gentleness in your life, you need to recognize the way God's been gentle with you. You need to recognize that. I mean, if we are all honest... not real good followers, are we? I mean, we're not, naturally. And we have to recognize that. God's gentle with us. Guys, look at at this next verse in Jeremiah chapter 10. This is powerful. It says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. We are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord. But please be gentle. Don't correct me in anger, for I would die. He knows what God's capable of. Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to acknowledge you, on the people that do not call upon your name. Guys, God's gentle with us. And we need to recognize that. Third thing, guys, if you're going to bear the fruit of gentleness in your life, I need to pursue gentleness. I pursue gentleness. You need to put it on your list. You need to recognize that God values it and say, so I'm going to be that way. Here in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, Timothy's told, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And guys, this is kind of a side note here. I want to make, make this very clear. Sometimes we read the Bible and we see people on different levels. You know, we look at Moses. We look at David. And you know, well, they were special people and God gave them special instructions. You know, he hasn't told me to part the Red Sea yet. So, he hasn't done that. Um, but he calls him here. Timothy was, was basically just a young preacher or evangelist who was working with a handful of churches. And Paul refers to him as a man of God. Now, there are some titles in the Bible that, that God didn't hand out uh, to everybody. Okay? Prophet. Not everybody was a prophet. Okay? Um, Messiah. There was only one Messiah. Okay? Apostle is another one where Jesus had 12 apostles. That was it. 
there were no more. Guys, when it comes to man of God, I want to let you know that every one of you in this room could be a man or a woman of God. Now, if you don't see yourself as that, if you don't see that as a possibility, you won't pursue these things. You'll look at a verse like this and go, well, that's, that's for the preacher. I just want to let you know it is for you. And I, I want to challenge you guys to see yourself as a man or woman of faith. That you want to be known. You want to know what is on my bucket list? I want to be known as a man of God. When, people, when I die, I want people to know he was a man who trusted God. A man of God that had faith in God. Gentleness is part of that. I need to add it to my list. Now, if you have a hard time seeing that, let's look at the next verse because it, it is to you specifically. You can't deny it. In Philippians 4 5, this is what it says Let everyone know how gentle you are. One translation says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. Guys, that's to every one of us. You've got to choose to pursue it. The next thing, guys, is you, pursue, you, you do that by when you pursue the truth. Got to pursue the truth. In 2 Timothy 2:25, and we already looked at this once, but it says, "Gently instruct those who oppose the truth." Perhaps God will change these people's hearts, and they will learn the truth. Guys, if you're going to pursue gentleness, truth has to be on your radar. It has to be at the middle of your radar. You have got to know what God says. You've got to know what God says is right. The last thing there, guys, is you need to look for opportunities to be gentle. Look for opportunities to be gentle. Ephesians 5, this is what it says. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, it says to make the most of every opportunity. And then it ends up with saying, understand what the Lord's will is. I think it's pretty plain from what we've looked at today that the Lord's will is for me to be gentle. Okay? Can you say, let's say that together, can we? The Lord's will is for me to be gentle. Guys, that's God's will. Everybody wants to know, what's the Lord's will for my life? Everybody wants to know, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to go? Who am I supposed to marry? Well, let's start with what He says we know for a fact. The Lord's will is for me to be gentle. Guys, when you understand that, you're going to recognize the opportunities. You're going to look for those opportunities. And I'm no prophet, but I'd venture to say that some of us are going to have an opportunity to be gentle before the day is up. (laughs) Isn't that right? Are you married? You're going to have the opportunity before the day is over. Guys, one of the things... We don't talk a lot... This is changing, but we don't talk a lot here at Greater Alton about the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit. That's changing. That's changing. Traditionally, we've taken the role of talking about what the Holy Spirit doesn't do. And when we do that, we want to. We, you naturally end up over here where 
he doesn't do anything. Because you don't want people to think he does the wrong things. But here in Galatians chapter 5, and these are the verses that, that precede the fruits of the Spirit that we read you know, in verses 22 through 23. And this isn't in your notes. This isn't on the screen. came up with this back there. But beginning in verse 16, this is what it says. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature does... I'm sorry. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Guys, if you... when you get gentleness on your, on, your, on your radar, you put it on your list, the Holy Spirit's going to make sure you see your opportunities. Guys, the question is, are you going to take advantage of it? Are you going to be looking as well as the Holy Spirit for your opportunity in your life? 